0: This is Bentley Manning.
1: And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled.
0: And we find new ways to connect. This is...
1: This is... This this is, is...
0: Empty Pews. Hey y'all, this is Bentley Manning, rector of the Church of the Incarnation uh, in Highlands, North Carolina.
1: And this is Callan Day, Um, coming to you from Highlands.
0: So normally we start our show uh, with a good deal of humor, we kind of mess I'm not sure
1: we're that funny, but-
0: Well, whether or not we're funny (laughs) is a different question, but we try uh, to add a little levity, I think- Uh, to our shows at the front end. Uh, But I don't know if either of us are quite feeling that way uh, today.
1: Yeah, I certainly am not. I'm certainly feeling sad, weighed down, holding a lot of sorrows.
0: So uh, for those of you who may not know this, and there's no reason that you necessarily should, um, there are a lot of folks uh, sad this week. Uh, in particular, some Swanee people. Uh, one of Kellen's classmates uh, died a bit unexpectedly uh, this past week, uh, so there's good reason uh, for Kellen to be sad, and um, a lot of uh, folks that we love, the Swanee people, are sad as well.
1: Yeah, Melissa was um, in my class at Swanee. She's about my same age really bright, kind, uh, lovely human and really dedicated priest to a congregation, to a parish in Georgia. She was in the Diocese of Atlanta and, um, yeah, we're all just a little bit bowled over and confused and deeply grieved at her death.
0: Callan, you told me that a couple of days ago, uh, soon after her 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 death that your class got together on zoom um to check in to pray with each other how tell me a little bit about that
1: yeah we most of us from my class at swani gathered on zoom i mean <laughs> as a lot of you all know out there just the insanity and cruelty of the pandemic is that We couldn't all just start driving to Suwannee to meet up with one another, which is probably what we would have done, you know, eight months ago if this had happened. We would have just headed to the chapel to be and pray together, but we can't, and I feel angry about that and really just so frustrated that when people are in grief, the only, you know. One of the only consolations is to be together. So we did our best over Zoom, and, you know, it it was really good to see people's faces. I mean, these are people who I've spent a lot, a lot, a lot of life and time with. Three intense years preparing for the priesthood. Um, and Sewanee's not a big place. You know, you kind of are bumping up against each other all the time. And so it was just, like, really... Um, Yeah, it was a reprieve. And we told stories and laughed and cried and prayed together. Um, And then Sewanee had a memorial Eucharist that was live-streamed yesterday, and a number of us sort of attended that virtually.
0: Yeah, for Callan mentioned this, but one of the dynamics of seminary... Maybe most especially in a place like Swanee, where there's literally nothing to do apart from hiking around, is that seminarians spend uh, almost the whole of their lives together for three years uh, in prayer, uh, to be sure, in class, uh, over meals, uh, and you and Melissa, Kellen, am I right? You all spent a summer together in Chattanooga in particular, the two of you all.
1: Yeah, she was in my um, CPE, which is Clinical Pastoral Education uh, cohort. There were only four of us, and we were the only Suwannee students there. So, and it was a really, really intense summer for both of us, but maybe me more especially, just based on temperaments. Melissa was <laughs> kind of a go-getter. like She was someone who wanted to be in like the thick of trauma all the time where I feel like my uh, disposition disposition is a little bit more sensitive to uh, traumatic events. And so um, we were companions to one another that whole summer.
0: Kellen, I didn't know Melissa, um, have heard you talk about her before, but uh, in terms of what kind of priest we lost... Uh, tell us a little bit about what kind of priest uh, Melissa was and, and what she offered the world around her by way of her vocation.
1: Um, She's a fabulous priest. I mean, fabulous and, like, she looked fabulous all the time. She wore these stilettos. <laughs> Seriously, she wore these stilettos and bright red lipstick and had this, like, you know, she changed her hair every four months depending on what her mood was. And she, I mean, she like loved all creatures, like any animals that came her way. You said
0: she had a big crazy dog.
1: She has this dog. Oh my gosh. She was going to adopt another dog. But then Bartimaeus, who is this great Dane who is blind and deaf, (laughs) came into her life and she decided that. You know, they were for each other. And so she changed course and adopted Bartimaeus and um, took him to the church office with her most days um, where he would sleep on her couch. But, I mean, she was Anglo-Catholic, so she, you know, wanted to sing everything all the time. She wanted incense at every single service. Um, She loved the Eucharist. So she was right about she was right about things from your perspective, Bentley.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she loved the Eucharist.
1: She loved the Eucharist. Yeah, deeply. So, I mean, it was she's someone who just like always wanted to be a priest and was so joyful when she became a priest. And it's exactly what she had wanted to be doing. Um, so I'm grateful for the years I had with her.
0: Helen, thanks for sharing that with me and with folks. Um, this is indeed a, a a really difficult time, and you know, even for the insignificant things, uh, to not be able to be together is is makes life harder. And I can't imagine right now what folks in your class are feeling, uh, what Melissa's family's feeling, what that parish is feeling. Yeah. Um, it's a really difficult time.
1: Yeah. It is.
0: Something else that this just makes me think of a bit, Kellen, um, I appreciate your willingness to be honest with folks about how you're doing. Um, I can't remember who said it. Some of you all might know this. Leslie, my wife, has this at the bottom of all of her emails. Um, It's something to the effect of, uh, be gentle or be careful with others because everyone you know is fighting a great battle. Mm-hmm. And I'm just mindful now that uh, so very many of us are carrying uh, a lot and most of what we carry uh, goes unnoticed or um, isn't necessarily shared with others. But in moments like this, moments of loss and tragedy and heartache, I'm just mindful um, that people, all people, are caring probably a lot more than they let on or, or we realize. Um, so your willingness to share some of your own heartache uh, with us, uh, I think gives us some permission uh, to try that on and to share a bit more with others. Um, in a more open and honest way
1: yeah I hope so Um, I think there's deep comfort (laughs) when you're sort of sorrowful and that other people are like willing to share in that with you because they know what it's like too. to lose people we love. Um, Speaking of holding a lot of things Bentley, uh, you do that often for a lot of people. And so um, it's good that you're going on retreat next week.
0: (laughs) I am going on (laughs) retreat next week. I just wanted
1: to let the folks know that you're headed to Suwannee.
0: Well, you're not supposed to tell them where I'm going. Oh,
1: sorry. We (laughs) can edit that
0: out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm headed to Suwannee. It will be a nice uh, time away from the office. One of the great gifts of being a priest uh, is that churches uh, give... Uh, their clergy uh, time for continuing education and retreat Uh, so i'm going to spend some time in swanee Um, not entirely different than being in highlands i'll be outside but i'll but it'll be quiet and i'll uh, catch up on some some reading which will be nice um probably do some hiking and uh, really hope to do some sleeping Uh, that will be um really really good but but Um, thinking about holding things and the need uh, for retreat. I mean, you kind of put those together, Kellen, a recognition that kind of if you're asked to hold on to some things, sometimes you need uh, uh, a break or some rest. And I think while the church is gracious uh, with clergy and offering uh, time, for us to go on retreat uh, to care for ourselves Um, that's something that should be offered to every single human being Mm -hmm. Uh, so for those of you who feel like life has become too much um, like you might need a break if you're able um, it's okay to to take a break and spend some time um, caring for yourself And I think at the heart of it, uh, there is always something theological to say about whatever we say, I think. Um, At the heart of our faith is the picture of a savior who's willing to let go, trusting and knowing that someone else will take hold. Uh, So as Christians, uh, we don't need to feel like we're in a position where we need to hold it all together. Um,
1: Because we can't. Because we can't.
0: (laughs) Um, And again, at the center of the faith is is an image of a God whose arms are stretched out uh, to the world uh, and whose embrace is vast enough, wide enough, to hold all that we have, uh, all the joys, and yes, indeed, all of our fears and worries. And so, I mean, thinking about what, what we've been talking about at the beginning of this podcast, uh, just a word uh, to each and every one of you listening, uh, take time for refreshment and rest and for your own nourishment um, because we're not asked to do all of this by ourselves.
1: And there are folks like us who are here to, you know, listen, receive, help, and um, support in whatever ways we can. So Bentley, I think it's probably time to turn to our gospel text for this upcoming Sunday. Yes. Um, So if I recall correctly, because I'm not actually looking at the text right now, Jesus is telling a parable about what the kingdom of heaven looks like. He is. Okay. And um, the kingdom of heaven is like this scenario. So there are a bunch of workers. And they work in a vineyard? Yeah, they're outside. They're outside. They're working outside somewhere. He recruits, you know, the, like, landowner or the boss, recruits some workers early in the morning. They work all day long. He goes back and recruits some people around, you know, let's say lunchtime. And they work half the day. Then he goes back kind of, like, late in the day. To get more workers because the job is still not done. And, um, they come and work for maybe like an hour or so, not very much time. At the end of the day, he pays all of the workers the same price. And grumbling ensues because the workers who have been working all day think that is not fair. And um, I believe Jesus, not Jesus, the person in the parable says to the workers, um, are you envious because I am generous? Something like that.
0: That's exactly what is said. Can I say <laughs> one of the parts that's crazy about this story, too, that's fun about it, the parable, right. is that... The land the 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 manager uh, pays um, the the person who came um, late in the day first, uh, which which like in me- order in order, yeah, which means that you know, if you showed up early in the day and you got paid, you might as well just kind of go home with your cash and take a little nap. But there's something about paying that one first, which meant everyone had to see how much uh, everyone was getting paid.
1: Yeah, it was very clear that they are all getting the same wage.
0: (laughs) So, um, Kellen, is there anything that jumps out to you, or what are you chewing on?
1: Well, I'm chewing on this, you know, fact that my sense of justice is not maybe God's justice or God's dealing with the world. Um, Because I look at this parable, and I totally— get the grumblings like i <laughs> would really get it like if i had worked all day and then these like people come at the end of the day and they get the same wage as me like that is not sort of equitable it's not fa- it's not fair you know it wounds my sense of rightness which you know i you know <laughs> really care about right um but the parable points us towards a different economy, a different setup of society, a different way of taking care of one another, Um, a, yeah, just a whole sense of being um, generous. What about you, Bentley?
0: Well, I might come at it at a slightly different angle, (laughs) though I agree with everything that you're saying. Um, The, there, there are some, There's some great insight into the way the human heart works uh, in this parable and our feelings of wanting uh, to be equitable and everything to be fair. I do, we've been reading Paul a lot and been thinking a lot about um, God's promises for the world. And another take on this parable is that, um, you know, maybe what, what we should stop and think about a little bit is that as um, non-Jews, at least most of us probably listening to the podcast, though a couple of my buddies might be listening, um, they we are the ones that are coming at the last hour. Right. Who, even though we've shown up, as it were, kind of late to the party, uh, to God's work of salvation, God nevertheless has accepted us uh, into his plan for salvation and i think it's interesting i mean i think oftentimes when you hear a parable like this the first impulse is and it's mine it's mine to think who i've been you know working on x and such committee and i'm so tired what about those other people that showed up late but the but the point of this parable is that we we are the ones who show up late which we can miss Mm -hmm. um We're not meant to identify, I don't think, with the folks who show up at the beginning that have been working all day. I think we're the folks that show up late and we forget that. But I also think, Kellen, back to your original point, as folks who show up late and have been offered so very much from God, it should teach us something about how we treat and care for others, that our own sense of, of the economy Uh, should be more reflective of God's economy than than maybe what we might construct on our own.
1: Here's a prayer. When evil darkens our world, give us light. When despair numbs our souls, give us hope. When we stumble and fall, lift us up. When doubts assail us, give us faith. When nothing seems sure, give us trust. When ideals fade, give us vision. When we lose our way, be our guide, that we may find peace in your presence and purpose in doing your will, amen. thanks y'all for tuning in to this uh episode of empty pews um for sharing in the joys and uh sorrows of life with us um speaking of joys of life happy birthday kai it's your birthday today um, happy
0: birthday kai
1: so if you see him wish him well
0: um On Sunday, for those of you who are parishioners here, or if you're thinking about being a parishioner here, uh, at 9 o'clock, we're going to have a new book study uh, looking at Life in Christ by the Reverend Julia Gata. Callan and I will be leading that. Uh, Please, in your email, uh, find find an invitation from us uh, to join us over Zoom as we look at that book together. As always, we love you. We miss you. God's peace.